Podcasting from their dining room table in Long Beach, California, it's the Stonebirds with Dave Stone and Katie Strandberg. Get it? Advice and encouragement from two goofballs who can barely run their own lives. Call now at 562-548-2012 to be a part of the show. Now welcome the Stonebirds. out of nowhere, Cecil. Uh, I've been here, been here the whole time. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I just noticed I was you. under the table. <laughs> oh, creepy. That's why I hang out. It's like a little fort. Oh, no. Maybe a little fort under the table. I did, had no idea. You know, uh, next time, can you let me know? Just because uh, it's a little off-putting. That's true. You should be, wow. wear long pants next time. And okay. Just say it. Oh, good God. Uh, wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cecil's especially creepy today. Uh, Boo! Grab Cecil. Yeah, Charlie, thank you, Charlie. Charlie, Charlie shut up. Charlie. God! I'll take it from here, Cecil. Everybody, right, calm down. Yeah, go take a nap, Cecil. Okay, sorry about that. Hey, Charlie, thank you, you see for his, your service. He's got a fort <laughs> under the heat. I caught him under here yesterday, too. What is he? T- he's, he reads. He reads what? <laughs> They're like coffee table books. <laughs> Get a book on birds. Oh, I love birds. Got book, got another book on they remind me of my dead family members. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi, boo. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's crack a lacking. <laughs> boo, I am just having the greatest day. Yeah. I want to go ahead and say thank you for being a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, traveled around the world and back again. Yeah. Is that how it goes? Yeah. R.I.P. They're all dead. I never understood what the hell. <laughs> They were singing. <laughs> uh, and if I threw a party, yeah, invited everyone. everyone. What's the big hook there? You like, would be, see the biggest would gift would be from me, and, and the card attached would say, Thank you for being a friend. I used to think they were singing the heart attack. I thought it was something about a heart attack. I didn't understand they were saying the card attached. I didn't understand the card attached until I, I recently Googled. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I tried to make you feel stupid because I, I had to look it up. Mm-hmm. You know, on my Apple iTunes, no, I have an app. Uh-huh. It's called iTunes. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I have it on my iPhone. Yeah, the iTunes app? <laughs> yeah, the iTunes app. Uh-huh. Or is it app? Whatever. The Apple Music thing. Wait a minute. Okay. Iti- iTunes Wait. and Apple are the same thing, right? I don't. Wait, right. I have five. I spend, no offense, sorry guys, brag alert, four ninety nine a month uh-huh. on iTunes yeah. or Apple Music, whatever. But the, every week mm-hmm. they give me a different Katie Stramberg favorite station. Oh boy. And it's always just a rip roaring hoot. But it's filled with bangers. Yeah, but one of them was the Golden Girl theme song. Mm-hmm. And on on the app... Let me tell you this, Boo. You can push 
this like weird text emoji thing and then it shows you the words. So it's like you have your own little karaoke machine and I use it often. How about that? Because it's fun because I never know the words to songs, even if I do know the song. Uh And it's great. It's just like, hey, karaoke in my car. Oh, there you go. (laughs) That's how I learned the Golden Girl lyrics. This is going to be a good one today, (laughs) y'all. Strap in. You said something about push. It just reminded me. We were watching that movie, The Com- Campaign, the other night. Oh, yeah. With Galifianakis. Oh, so and good. Will Ferrell. And when he comes into, uh, he comes into the courthouse <laughs> to, to place his name on the ballot for running for Congress or whatever, and then he's leaving, <laughs> and he can't get out of the door. And they're like, you, he's pulling it, and they're like, you got to push it. You got to push it. And he goes, push it. Push it real good. <laughs> Were you a salt and pepper fan? I wouldn't say I was a fan, but I got down on a little salt and pepper. They're, they're here. Salt and pepper's here. Yeah. Uh huh. That song. Push it real good. That's a great jam of lamb. I would get salt and pepper and in vogue confused sometimes. <gasps> I loved it. Because in vogue was what a man, what a what a mighty fine man. Yeah. That's that one. I think and uh, free your mind. Yeah. And the rest were mine. <laughs> That's pretty good. Not mine. I know. But yeah, I like salt. And that pepper. song is a jam. Uh huh. Man. Oh, in vogue. I think they should have expanded their group. To salt and pepper. They should have added cumin and paprika <laughs> and Tony Chechery's Creole seasoning. I knew where you were going, but weirdly, it did. It was yeah. just real fun and cute. Salt and pepper. This is our this is our bass player, garlic powder. <laughs> I love She's garlic new. salt. Garlic salt isn't something. Do we have any more garlic salt? We That's have, a good. We have plenty of garlic salt. Okay. Uh huh. I haven't seen that in a while. <laughs> have fi- you hit it? I'll fix you some for lunch. <laughs> no, you might want to check the bed. I'm always finding salt shakers and. Yeah, you've been coming down hard on me straws. about the bed stuff lately. It's every night. It's it's what's under what's in the bed covers. Tonight, it's novelty drinking straw. It was a flamingo drinking straw from the wedding. The night before was tape measure. The night before was leaky Pellegrino bottle. No, that was a leaky Aquafina. Okay. Not to be confused with the Uh previous night, which was a few nights ago, which was Pellegrino. You're right. Every time I go to bed, Mm -hmm. it's like the world's worst Easter egg hunt. I don't know what my problem is. dog bones. Well, that's not my fault. That's Charlie. That's not my doing. That's on him. We're sleeping in filth. (laughs) We are. It's so (laughs) disgusting. It's just stuff in the bed. (laughs) I love bed. You Uh know that. You like bed. I love bed. Uh And I get a lot of my uh, work done Mm -hmm. (laughs) horizontally, okay? Horizontal working is... Is this a euphemism? No, I'm not talking about sex or whatever. I mean, even if I I was a sex worker, yes, Uh Uh that would be true as well. However, no, you know. If you were a sex worker, I'd have to put my foot down. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you what you can do. I'm going to put my foot down. But you can't bring them into our bed. Right. (laughs) Who are you? Hold on, I got 10 more minutes. Now you tell me. But, okay, so everyone knows I'm a bed person. Uh Uh-huh, everyone. (laughs) Everyone. America knows. The word's out. (laughs) But I think what will help us, especially in our future new apartment, Uh yay, um, I might convert my nightstand into a bed 
room dining <laughs> banquet table. Oh, we're not going to take the <laughs> second grade elementary school table that you've been using for a nightstand? No. That, that stays... Guys, it is real weird in here. <laughs> I have a weird thing where I just hoard furniture. Yeah. And I put them in little, like, like crevices through the apartment because uh-huh. I just sprinkle them around. Like, oh, this is a coffee table, but now it's a side table. Or this is a lamp, but now it's... Well, oh, that was a bad example. You've gone full-on Lego land with our <laughs> sectional couch, too, by the way. You're breaking all the rules. Okay. Guys, remember the, the days, and I don't know. I know there's a lot of youths that listen, but I know there's a lot of old farts like me that listen to this. And You think we have a lot of youths listening? I do. I think we got all the new... What's that? The new ones are called what? I'm a millennial. You're like oldest I'm, I'm Generation X. And then who's no, the youngers? Gen X. Yeah, I'm Generation Why? X. Is that why? I, I can't keep up. Well, you... I don't... I. It's partly because I don't care. Well, we should, because uh-huh. the youth are the future. They are. <laughs> the children are the future. <laughs> God, I hope not, though. Oh. Anyway, guys. Do you remember that song, We Are the World? Um. We Are the Children? Oh, I'm thinking of Whitney's song. Whitney. What's her song? Um. I believe the children of the future teach them well and lead the way. Isn't that? Isn't that part of the We Are the World song? No, We Are the World is different. We are the world. We, we are, are the, the children. children. No, different. We are the ones to make a brighter day. No. So those are two different songs. I believe so. But do you know what Let I'm talking about? The We Music. Are the World. You remember when all the celebrities came together and recorded that? Of course I do. Celebrities used to come together and sing for like purposes. Remember that? What's, what's going on now? What's so they funny. did Haiti. They did another one. I had it on my Apple Music. If you go back, if you ever see that um. video where they're all in the studio together, there's like 50 of them. Uh, Bob <laughs> Dylan is there, and he looks like he would prefer to be anywhere else why he what just is looks he? miserable he's like what am i doing and everyone else is like smiling yeah. and like crying he's like i'm an artist i can't find it i know i'm sorry what's going really? on boo? what were you talking um, about furniture <laughs> well i was talking about furniture okay guys listen the couch right now, uh-huh. we have a sectional, yeah. but it's like divided into pieces. Yeah. And I think this is a new trend That's among... That's what a sectional is. No, because no? there's sectionals that are all together, usually. Growing up, uh-huh. when I was a young That's lad... That's just a big couch. <laughs> no. Well, no, there's sectionals. God, let me finish! <laughs> I just... My mind's all over, and uh-huh. you gotta just be a good partner. Stop uh-huh. doing little... Jabbies. Okay. Sectionals from my... <laughs> jabbies. What are you doing? Sectionals used to be in a unit, okay? What do you mean a Like unit? an L-shaped sectional okay. would be all together. You, you would... You're saying that's one piece of furniture? Yes, though. it's one okay. piece. You couldn't... You could lay on it. You could freaking fight on it uh-huh. with your sisters. It would never break. These effing things new... These new couches are uh-huh. like, oh, here's a piece of one. Here's another piece of one. And you put them all together. And so we keep moving the pieces all around <laughs> And by we, I mean me. And now it's just, it's chaos. And it's like a bunch of Legos that just uh-huh. shoved together and they don't stay. It's like a children's toy. Where you're like, <laughs> stack them how you want to stack them. 
<laughs> you can create new designs. Well, and I, I want, and I know you could do a rug, you know, the rug underneath was doing the stopper, but now the rug has shifted. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it, uh, we need a new couch. Anyway, President's Day is coming up, boo. Yeah. And I am in the market. My favorite holiday. I know. And there's a lot of furniture blowouts, apparently. Mm-hmm. I'm getting all these emails. So I'm looking for a perfect couch with a sleeper so you could take the mattress out, mm-hmm. you know, but also leather, affordable, comfortable, pretty, and that's about it. Well, all right. So, and it has to be in one piece. Let's not do these separate pieces. How do you even move a big sectional that's one piece? Well, are you sure? I thought at least the sectional, the classic L-shaped sectional, was at least two pieces. You're saying it comes off the truck in one big L. <laughs> okay, you're right. No, it probably does come off the truck mm-hmm. in two pieces, but then you have installers install it inside mm-hmm. where it they, they use tools and whatnot yeah. and then create the L, and then you know it's stuck just stuck there and then you can't move the furniture because your dad and mom are always like stop rearranging furniture it makes us feel weird and you're like but i'm trying to make the living room better Mm -hmm. (laughs) i haven't slept much guys (laughs) how you feeling boo i'm okay yeah i'm in a constant fog of my own making yeah Um, you've been kind of foggy (laughs) this week kind of you're being kind Mm -hmm. i don't know um, I think it's interesting because um I I'm I feel brain dead and then also <laughs> like I'm trying to hold on the reins of the brain deadness, but like also come on, pull yourself by the bootstraps. Don't ever give up. I found that most <sighs> boots don't even have straps. Yeah, where was that thing originated? I don't know. No way to know. Same way as I never like clean as a whistle. Most whistles I've encountered are full of spit. Okay, I have a question Mm -hmm. regarding clean as a whistle. Now, this might be... Okay, I'm just going to go for it. Mm -hmm. Did your mom or dad, when you were little and you were being potty trained, teach you how to wipe? Like, did they teach you with, like, a song or anything? I honestly have no idea. You don't remember? Thank God I can't remember. (laughs) Because I remember... It's got to do with whistle. <laughs> well, you said clean as a whistle, so I always feel like that's, like, butt. Well, maybe they had a... What? <laughs> like, like when you wipe your butt, you're clean as a whistle. Like, that's what I associate it with. Hmm. Like, after pooing. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> I remember learning <laughs> front to back, and that was a real big game changer late in, late in life. Late in life. No, I was like 11, 12. I do remember, when do, when do kids, when do babies get off di- diapers? When, when are they potty trained? I don't know, like 10, 3, whatever. Somewhere 3 to 10. <laughs> well, this makes my story pretty uninteresting. I was big enough to carry... The diapers. Mom tells a story about how we were at the grocery store, oh. and I'm holding this big box of diapers, and then the the clerk was like, "Oh, are these for your little brother?" And Mom's like, "No, they're for him." And they both were like, "He's a little big for those." <laughs> and apparently, young motivated Dave never finished that box. 
I I turned it around within a week or two. So the, the I got clerk, it, got shamed. You got yeah. shamed into I think it was like three. Oh, you know. But her point was like, well, you were big and big enough to actually carry the <laughs> giant box. So the clerk was like, oh, these must be for your little brother. And I was like, they're for me. Oh, I, just, I knew how to do it. I just liked the convenience. It was convenient. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were smart. Mm-hmm. Listen, my dad had diapers. It saved a lot of time and sheets. Trust me. Oh, God, the pea sheets. Uh, anyway, how are you? <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm good, boo. I just, you know, sleeping's hard, and then um, I've been doing a lot of couch work. Yeah. So I'll do the first set of sleep, which is early, and then I take my second shift Yeah, you've been on later. a weird sleeping schedule. Yeah, I'm kind of like a vampire at this point. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's, you're a fun little yeah. vampire. <laughs> hey, I'm Katie. And drink your blood, okay? Do you mind? I am learning, though, there's a lot of night traffic. Yeah. Night foot traffic. Yeah, well, we live near a bar. Yeah. And you know what? Good for them. God bless. Yeah. I used to be one of those people, so I can't ever judge. Were you that obnoxious? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I, I get was. if we were in an industrial park or something, but like, <laughs> what do the people staggering home from the bar screaming at the top of their lungs? What do they think all these buildings are? These are homes. People live here. They think Shut it's up. like a fun block of fun. You know, a bunch of youths just living their truth. I mean, two getting th- out there. Two or three o'clock in the morning, almost every night, just people just. Bah, bah, bah. It's like, Shut the fuck up. I know. But they're creating memories, boo. Yeah, that's true. They're Good creating for them. memories. We created memories this weekend. I can't believe it. I know. I am so proud of myself. I, I, got I mean, you, 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 you delivered. You did great. Did I? Did I win? You went. Now, this is seriously like, and I'll admit, I'm not great at this, but the let's talk about the concept of going to a thing that you have no interest in yeah. just because your friend or your significant other is into it. And you crushed it. You went to Drive-By Truckers with me. I did. In Joshua Tree, Joshua Tree actually Pioneer Town. But yeah. Essentially Joshua Tree, California. At uh, maybe my favorite venue of all time, Pappy and Harriet's. Yeah. Just a wonderful roadhouse, rock and roll <laughs> venue, steakhouse, bar. It's, it's awesome. It's basically you in a bar. and a, I've never seen... An environment so Dave friendly. Yeah, like it, it. You were grinning ear to ear. I've never seen you this happy. It's the most fun I've had in decades. I know. Like even on the wedding, like, yeah. you were stressed out. <laughs> so this was you, like a pig in shit. You were just running around, so excited. I wasn't running around. You were. <laughs> what you if were. I literally was just? <laughs> who's the guy running around? Oh, that's Dave. <laughs> hey! No, but I, I loved it because I was observing. Like your world, mm-hmm. it was as if you would go into like uh, you know, BravoCon. Yeah, it, it's I felt very similar. Like, oh, this is this is Boo's world. Was I nervous? Yeah, did I look up how what to talk to straight about? men? Yes, <laughs> how to talk to straight I don't men? know how to talk to straights, and I don't know how to talk to like talking at a concert. That's uh, a whole di- you were very good at that, yeah. and so was James and all your friends. They knew how to talk at concerts. What do you mean? 
Okay. Talk at concerts. I, it's just so cute how you don't struggle with anxiety. Mm-hmm. You just don't. You're confident. And I love you. But, yeah, you're dumb with this because yeah. here's why. <laughs> I'm dumb with lack of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Which okay. is great. Uh-huh. Like, good for you. You were raised correctly. Uh-huh. But I... I just get so in my head, and it's like the conversations are like, hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Cool. And then you'll be good at, like, keeping it going, uh-huh. you know? or If int- I want to. Introducing people to yeah. others. And I noticed you were very good with the mingling. Yeah. You know I mean? Well, there were several people I hadn't seen in a long time there. So there were people that I knew were coming, and then I ran into people that – I didn't know we're coming, so yeah, I had a, had a lot of mingling to do. Well, you're very good at the small talk mingling. Yeah. I don't know. Is that a southern thing? Yeah. I okay. Think so. Yeah. So you southerners just... are good at small talk. Well, I had a really. I was doing okay. Mm-hmm. I think I, I thought was, you did great. I was doing good until I shared with one of the white straight males that I did Google uh-huh. how to start a conversation. <laughs> did you say that to? <laughs> I think I said it to. Z- no, oh, uh, Zach. Zach. Yeah. Poor Zach. <laughs> He's like, okay. I know. <laughs> he was like, well, I couldn't tell. And I was like, really? Well, that's good. And then the conversation just stopped. <laughs> and it was very awkward. But yeah, like it was the most imper- perfect environment um, that I had been in in a long time in terms of everything in my field of vision was just something I loved. Meaning, yeah. all right, so we're we're outdoors. We're at Pappy and Harriet's. Check. The show started, it was an early show, uh, doors at four, show at five. So we roll up at about five, so the sun's still up, so I could see all the beautiful mountains. Yeah. The whole area there, just surrounded by mountains by the in the Mojave Desert. So there's mountains everywhere. We get to the venue. You're with me. I run oh. into like five buddies, you know, buddies I hadn't seen in a while. Some of them, some of them I saw at the wedding. Some of them I hadn't seen in a while. So I got my buddies there. I got my wife there. We got the mountains. We got the desert. Drive-by truckers are on stage. To my left is a guy cooking ribs and steaks and burgers over an open flame. Open flame, like an old school, like yeah, retro. Just, yeah. I don't even know. Was that just a barbecue pit, like yeah. a brick? Yeah, just kind of a. I don't know exactly what you would call that. It wasn't like a. wasn't in the ground like a barbecue pit, but just. Just a, an open flame grill, just a big char grill, and uh, had some weed in me, had some beers, just, it was the most, and because Drive-By Truck is my favorite band, just, oh, I really thought, like, for a couple seconds, I was like, wait a minute, did I just die? Like, is this, like, day one of heaven, or did I crack a code in the simulation? Are we, in fact, living in a simulation? What's, it just seemed too perfect, and it was awesome. It was, it was the best night I've had in 20 years. Wow, for sure. that's a big. Yeah. Other than our wedding, sure. Of course. Other than uh-huh. yeah, it's yeah. okay, but no, don't I worry. just mean in terms of like just a, a sheer recreational yeah. evening. You no, know, I get not, that. Not, I don't have to do stand up. I'm not getting married. I'm not wearing a suit. Just, just oh, go hang out and watch your favorite band and hang out with your favorite people. And oh man, it was awesome. It was so much yeah. fun. Yeah. And I just and you crushed it. Thank you, but yeah. well, you know, I looked up how to how to do concerts. I got some <laughs> pointers. There was a lot of prep that went into this. Um, first of all, wanted to feel cute. So on Saturday morning before we left for Joshua Tree, guess what I did? Old Katie went and got her hair set. Yeah, like an old woman that I am. Uh-huh. I went to the hair salon and I. Is that what they call? It? I'm gonna go get my hair set. Well, old people do. 
That's what my nana used to say. And what but, does that mean exactly? So basically, I wanted my hair done. So I got it washed, and then they curled it and made it look all cute. And then I was asking the hair lady uh-huh. for advice on, because she was a concert goer. And she was telling me, like, oh, well, here's what you can, you know, you just go. And she was a cool kid, though. Uh-huh. And, and so, you know, it, it wasn't translating. Can I interrupt real quick? Is that a thing women do? Did you go to the hair salon and not get it? You just got it styled and what? Like, you didn't get it cut. No. You didn't get it cut. You didn't get it colored. No. So you just go and say, yeah. you do it. Yeah. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Okay. It's what I used to do before big events, such as prom or if you're getting, like, graduation, people uh-huh. get their hair done. Or now it's not that as much as glam. Glam is kind of people come do your glam or you go get your makeup done or someone comes in and blows out your hair uh-huh. because it always looks so much better and cooler uh-huh. from a professional, especially for someone like me who doesn't even know how to do a simple curl. I've gotcha. tried. Uh-huh. I've I've Googled it. Yeah. You know, YouTube's a lot for me, so I just have to look at the wiki hows. Very hard. Okay. Very hard to do it. Okay. I, I have long it. arms. I burned myself multiple times. Yeah. This is just safer. Yeah. And it makes you feel confident. Like, okay, my hair is in a good place. I'm uh-huh. ready to go. Okay. All right. So, so Jennifer was coaching you up on how to go to a concert. Well, Jennifer what was and a couple other people. Uh-huh. And then I was talking about, like, how to talk to straight men. But what do they, they give you any tips about concerts? Yes, they uh-huh. said you, you just go. You just go and you stand and you, <laughs> you listen. You stand and listen. It's, it's not hard. No, it's not. Uh-huh. But for me, I, I wanted some purpose, right? Okay. So immediately I came in and I thought to myself, hey, what would I like my significant other to do if I enjoyed a concert? Well, uh-huh. first of all, the lines for merch and drinks are always long, uh-huh. okay? So I thought, I'm going to buy in bulk for drinks, Yeah. okay? So I thought, okay, we have four friends. I'll just get a beer for each friend, and I'll put it in my fun purse, and then I'll be like the cool wife with, like, beers in her purse. Yeah. <laughs> You were the cool wife with beers in her purse. Like, oh, what? Well, you want one? <laughs> but it felt like I sort of was buying friendship, but I didn't really care at that point because I was like, here you go. Here's a prop. It also kind of felt like you stole those beers. It did. Uh-huh. It felt creepy. I got that. Mm-hmm. I got that. And then because I knew, all right, you're watching Drive-By Truckers, and the lines just kept getting longer. Mm-hmm. Those alcohol lines are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I, I took one for the team, you know. Then I thought, hey, what would Boo like from this experience? He's having so much fun. Hey, why not a reminder? A T-shirt, if you will. Uh-huh. You're not going to go get yourself a T-shirt because I know you. Uh-huh. You're just like, why would I go spend that on that? And guess what? I did. I got yeah. you a nice little shirt. Sure Put did. it in my bag. There we go. Then then I needed a little break because too much people, too much cool people. I mean, oh, and the ladies. I mean, there is a specific group of ladies that go to these drive-by trucker concerts now. Huh, I didn't know what. There's usually not many. It's a pretty male-oriented audience. Okay, well, this felt very, like, almost Coachella-like ladies. yeah. With the the desert, like, like big hats. Stevie Nicks gals. Yes, but, like, they pulled it off beautifully. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those gals, like, I know how much stuff costs, and Uh a lot of that I was like, dang. Like, they pulled it out. Oh, yeah? And they looked gorgeous, and they were just like... You know, they were in flocks, you know, and they, they just travel together with their long skirts and their boots made of suede. But I, you know, cool. Glad they're friends. I wasn't jealous. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> getting back to it. 
Um, it it was great. Here's what I've learned about the desert. Uh-huh. I am a fair-skinned human. Yeah, you're a tender-skinned lady. I am. So I, I did over-prepare. I had SPF 50, and then I topped it with SPF 90, uh-huh. which I'm not sure even works, but whatever. So that was, you know, had that protection. Um, but I burned myself. Yeah. My face burned. Yeah. And we were, it was like sunset, by the way. I was only in the sun for yeah, you were like only in the sun for like minutes. 20 minutes. So there was that. I was pink. And then there was, I needed a hot drink because it was a little chilly. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of action going on. I I made my own little, you know, walking around, doing some things, getting Jack a t-shirt. Hey, get a sweatshirt for myself. Start layering. (coughs) It's getting colder. What am I going to do? Keep on moving like a shark. Um, So I didn't really communicate that much with Uh your friends and stuff, but I felt my presence was known. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Your presence is always known, boo. Well, thank you, boo. Uh-huh. Thank you. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's nerve-wracking. It's nerve-wracking. How so? Well, starting a conversation, mm-hmm. I did Google it, and timing is the most important thing. Just like comedy. Yeah. Uh-huh. So maybe if you're just, you know, you got to wait for an in. Okay. But my thing is when there's an awkward pause... Yeah. I tend to overthink. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, what can I say in this moment? You know, what can I do? Oh, God. And then I don't do anything. Uh And so then I just sit there silently like a lump. Boo, let me tell you this right now. Okay. All right, you're overthinking it. Yeah. Oh, I know. You're plenty for any situation. Thank you, Boo. And you... You You just being there. You are adorable and kind. Um... But you also married me and you have, you know, you have rose-colored glasses when it comes to me. No, no. I love you. You're the best. Well, I love you too. And, and it was my first trip since, um, you know, the incident yeah. on December 25th. Yeah, his first social engagement out, out after that. Weirdly, and that was hard for me because I would always check in with my dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was so, I didn't realize how codependent we both were on each other. <laughs> Because immediately, like, we showed up to the desert, and I'm like, oh, I should get my dad's... Uh, and then I was like, oh, yeah. can't. Oh, I should call dad... No, can't. And it it just made you really, like... It kind of put me in my head, you yeah. know? And then that's when you get into that grief mode. I don't know if you've noticed that, like, I kind of check into that, and then it's like I'm being more reflective. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to put my shit on anyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of like you're in this in-between space of, like, stuff. Staring and trying not to be a bummer. Yeah. And and that and I sat in that uncomfortableness a lot because I just I didn't want to be like, womp womp, my dad died and that's my existence right now. And you know, so I, I was very uh mindful of that. Mm-hmm. It was just I don't know. I don't wanna how did how did you deal with that with your dad? I mean, you don't really overshare though. Mm-hmm. Did you ever find that after your dad passed away? Like you found yourself in situations where it was like, oh, my gosh, I can't stop thinking about this, but of I don't course. want to be a bummer. Yeah, I mean, I think that just comes with it, you know, and I think it maybe improves a little bit over time. But, you know, I, I definitely went through those periods where, like you were talking about, like just that knee-jerk reaction, that instinct of like, oh, let, Dad would like to see the – oh. Yeah, or like, because I used to do that, like, we had a lot in common in terms of sports, and we liked the same kind of music, and, you know, so like, if, 
you know, Georgia won a big game, you know, my my instinct would be like to call or text dad, you know, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh shit, you know, just that that habit, you know, just my whole life, that person's there. I could reach out, talk about something mundane, talk about something serious, whatever, and just knowing that uh, that's no longer an option, you know, that, that takes some getting used to. It does. Mm-hmm. But I'm so lucky. I love you, and I know we have a family unit, and, you know, it's just, it looks different now. Yeah, of course. But it's, I mean, it just, it still rocks my world. I don't know. I can't really, I wish I was smart enough to verbalize it properly, but I'm just kind of in that that gray space, I guess. So that's super fun to be around. I mean, I think that's why I was probably really self-conscious because <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck, this is no, – I'd great. rather – the thing is with all this stuff, I'd rather just hide and let you live your life and then, like, come back and see me when I'm all well. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not how it works. You got to get out there. You got to yeah. – and it was great, and I loved seeing you. It was like seeing you at Disneyland, a little kid at Disneyland. It was just awesome. Did you enjoy the show? I did. They yeah. were, he was such a good um, performer. He's the best. He really yeah. was. It was Patterson. like almost opera, operatic. Mm-hmm. Like it was very, you could tell he he just really works through a lot of stuff through his music, which yeah. was really helpful. Yeah. And the words were just so poignant Mm -hmm. and lovely and as a tactile person and somebody that has to like my ADHD goes off the rails it was really cool to like be in the moment Mm -hmm. and be there and I find the same thing with sporting events like when I'm there it's so much more Mm -hmm. engaging and fun and and same with live shows with comedy same with everything like when I'm there it's so okay this is up my alley Mm -hmm. okay I can do this but it's getting me there. Yeah. And that's the beauty, <laughs> even more than sports. That's the beauty of live music and live comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like being a part of a group where we're, we're all, for the most part, sharing the same energy. Mm-hmm. We're all here for the same reason. We all share the same appreciation, mostly, you know, for this band or this comedian, whomever. Even more in the sports, because sports, a lot of times the, the crowd's divided. Mm-hmm. You know, like half the team, not 50-50, usually the home team, you know, has more fans. But still, you got some people rooting for that team and some people rooting for that team. And, and you get mad when the other team does good or whatever. But with comedy and music, it's like, no, we're all here because we love these performers. And let's all just share this together. And, like, seeing that many people together with one common interest and one common yeah. bond, as opposed to, like, being out at the mall or somewhere else where, like, you just have people there for different reasons. And, yeah, there's a lot of folks, but their energy is kind of weird. Uh, I just, like, just standing there watching the band, you just, like... And, of course, I'm sure there was a great deal of people there that were brought there by their significant other, like you or whatever. But even still, you could just tell, like, oh, we're only here... The only reason anybody is here tonight is to enjoy this and have a good time. And that and it sounds hippy-dippy, but that really does create like, wonderful, positive energy in your environment, you know? Oh, yeah, and that atmosphere, it really is... Well, it's a movie set for for Westerns. Literally, yeah. And it was just... It was like being at a Disneyland-esque type of vibe because you got to kind of explore and roam. You weren't really just, here's a room, stay in here and listen to music. And that's my nightmare because I have to take breaks with that and I have to – literally the stimulation is way too Mm -hmm. much. And so it's funny with ADHD people, I was looking that up 
we have to take breaks. Mm -hmm. So we get overwhelmed. Like I've noticed with my nephew, Jack, like he'll have to like go and take a moment and come back. Mm -hmm. And I get it because it's like our energy, we get kind of freaked out and we just have to be like, okay, one second. My mind is, my mind is flooded and I got to go over by the heat lamps and chill for a second and then come back. And it's so funny because I, I think that's a neurodivergent thing. Um, my brain is just different in that way. And I used to beat myself up for that. And now it's like, well, no, that's just what I need. I do the same thing at comedy shows. If yeah. it becomes too much, I have to go, you know, I'll go to the bar to get a Diet Coke. I'll, yeah. I'll go outside, do a lap. I'll text jazz. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's just I have to, I have to exit. And I, I think I get self-conscious about that because I get so – I don't want people to think I'm rude. Uh-huh. Like leaving and I'm not into it. I am into it, but this is just something I have to do. Yeah. But, yeah, being in a room and it's like concert only, that's what I always envision concerts as. Yeah, that's why this was so great too because even myself, I, you know, I like going to shows and whatnot. But there's usually, especially in the last 10 years as I'm getting older and crankier – there's no matter how much I like the band or the comedian or whomever I'm seeing, there's usually still something arbitrary that is annoying to me. Uh, for example, being indoors in a sold out show, you, everybody's cramped uh, in there. You know, yeah. ma- maybe the maybe it's too hot, maybe it's too cold, maybe it's too loud. I know that sound makes me like an old man, but sometimes now like shows are just too loud. Yeah, and that this was perfect. It wasn't too loud, even though the show was sold out because of the venue and the way it was set up. Like I never felt crowded or cramped. You know, we kind of stood in the back, had plenty of elbow room. It perfect temperature for me. I know you got a little cold, but like I like that outdoor, brisk mountain air, desert air. Uh, it just oh, it was it was really. There was not one thing that annoyed me, and like usually, there's always something. It's too late. It's too loud. It's too crowded. It was none of that. It was perfect. Well, and it was just great because, well, first of all, I haven't seen you that drunk in a while, and that <laughs> was the greatest experience of my life. You were I got, having I got a, a little silly. And you're a happy drunk, I'm a happy which is drunk, yeah. so fun. Yeah, That's, I have a good time. I'm not uh, you, mean. Oh. I'm not, I don't think I'm too obnoxious. No, you, you were know? so sweet. I don't know if you remember when we went and got coffee. By the way, guys, okay, I am the worst con. I'm like, I need something hot or I'm going to die. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, let's go on a hunt for hot chocolate or coffee. And so we went inside, and I was like, it's okay. I'll just stay in line. Please go. And you were like, no, boo. You are the number one priority. I'm here for you. You're the headliner, okay? <laughs> I was like, okay. All right. I don't remember saying that. You're the headliner. And I was like, okay, let's just get the coffee and go back in. And that's when I knew, like, you were just roaming around. And then once the bathroom trip started, like, uh-huh. you kept going to the bathroom. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we might need to wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, that beer goes through you. Oh, my gosh. You were like, I don't know. I don't know why I have to pee so much <laughs> as I have my purse beer and I'm just like here. Do you remember that in your drinking days where like once you get to that certain level, like once you break the seal oh, on yeah. your bladder, like, you know, it'll. I can drink like three or four or yeah. five drinks and not have to use the restroom. And then like once I finally, the pee catches up, then it just seems like every 15, 20 minutes I'm peeing again. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy how the body works. <laughs> Yeah, breaking the seal. Yeah. You break the seal, and then you just—that's it. Yeah. You just have to let it go. And then they, we had porta potties, and like I had this technique because I didn't want to go all the way into the porta potty. I was just kind of like, 
half in, half out, because the door <laughs> was ajar. Yeah, like I wouldn't go in and shut the door behind me because, the you know, I was just like, I don't want to get that close to everything. So I just kind of like, the door was half open, so half my body was, you know, the, the working parts were inside, but, you know, my, my backside, my shoulders were on the outside. And I know that might, like, not be courteous in terms of privacy, but I just thought, like, you know, somebody, they, everybody knows I'm in here now, so leave me, stand back. You can see me. I'm you, right here. You, but you couldn't see the action, of course. You know, I wasn't trying to, you know, but it was, I just had my little technique that night. It's like, well, I'm, I'm in and out of this porta potty all night, so let me just figure out a, a quick and easy method here. Do you think it's, and is it claustrophobia, or you just want people to know, like, hey, someone's in here? No, it's it's. I didn't want to come all the way. It was porta potties are never nice and fun, so it's right. Let me let me only put the part that needs to that's getting some action in there. Okay, you know I can see that. Yeah. See, when I go into a porta potty, and I'm a big guy. Well, so, you are. You know, so I was like, let me just. Yeah, it's hard to explain what I'm what I did. No, I I I can see what you're saying. I, my go-to was I always think of porta potties as okay. This is my little house right now, and I'm gonna make it my house. So then I put my little <laughs> toilet paper on the on the seat, oh. and then I just like you know I'll 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 still hover uh-huh. for the pee, yeah. and you know do my business, and then I you know make sure everything's okay. But I used to get so freaked out that people would come in that I would like loudly hum like. That's pretty funny. Why, I, why not just lock it? I did, but oh. like, I, I don't know. You, you just see people, you oh, know, yeah. start jingling it. Because they don't read. They don't take the time yeah. to read Yeah, or, um, you know, I'm nervous. What if there's a bunch of frat guys out there and they just want to tuple it over? Well, surely not. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen in those. So uh, the hum and making it at home has really helped me. Whenever I'm in a public restroom and I lock the door behind me <laughs> oh, and yeah. someone knocks, <laughs> feel free to use this. This is so much fun. Next time you're in a, in a stall... And someone knocks, just go, come in. Gets, Get it, guys, because then people... Gets, me, gets them every time. Do they laugh, or is there a pause? I, I've had mixed reactions. Okay. I've had laugh, I've had I've had silence, I've had <laughs> people scurry away. <laughs> Let's go, come in. If I wanted... Hello. Oh, Excuse hi, me. Harvey. Excuse me, bud. There he is. What's up? Put me on TV. No, get down. Come Harvey. On, he's... Damn. Oh, gosh. Jesus. He's very big. He's robust. Big boy. Oh, boy. Thick boy. No, but it was so great. And then we got back to the hotel. Yeah. Oh, the bed of hell. That's oh, what yeah. I call Most that hotel. Real, real uh, nice romantic Valentine's Day yeah. hotel. Best Western <laughs> in Yucca Valley. Um, There's no three-star hotels in the whole area. It's I all wonder, two, two and a half stars. Yeah, they should do that. They should figure that out. Anyway, it was great, mm-hmm. and you ordered Applebee's. Yeah, and we got that, Applebee's delivered. <laughs> <laughs> and that took you quite a while. Oh, I did? do have video footage of you, my friend, mm-hmm. being drunk, and it. I will not. I'll not share it on uh-huh. Instagram because you. you're like, oh, privacy. But it is the greatest thing because there's just a video of you holding the phone, <laughs> squinting, and putting it up while you're kind of laying back, uh-huh. and you're just like, you were concentrating so hard yeah. on delivering. Yeah. And really, I should have been kind and been like, give me the phone, I'll uh-huh. deliver. But I really just wanted to see you suffer. <laughs> I don't 
know why. I'm a horrible wife. You're welcome. That's all right. You're buddy. welcome. It's a good time. It was. It was a real good time. It was a really good time. What? what what's wrong? What's wrong? What? <laughs> You're about to say something. Well, yeah, it's a podcast. I've been <laughs> saying a lot of stuff. Doesn't mean anything's wrong. Telling you guys. <laughs> The gray area. It's not... Poor Dave. I feel bad for you. I do. Why? Well, because you're living with a creature at this point. I'm not a person. You are a person. You're my wife. You're not a creature. Through sickness and health and mm-hmm. death do us part. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, hey, you made that promise, buddy. Yeah. And then that ship started sinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're doing great, boo. You're doing great. How's, it, how's your grief been this week? It's good. Yeah? Grief, grief checking. You know, I'm... I'm trying to learn my boundaries because usually I just try to, I guess I try to deflect uh-huh. uh, a lot and go into savior mode. Yeah. Um, and I just can't do that lately because I can, I, I got to put the oxygen mask on myself. That's the, that's the key. Yep. And, and you, you do have a tendency to, uh, what's, I was trying to use the airplane lingo. Uh, you, you try to put other people's mask on before your own. Yeah. You got to put your own mask on first or else you're no good to anyone. It's so true. Mm-hmm. And you know, you got to get outside every day. Mm-hmm. You got to get some sunshine on your face. Yeah. You got to remind yourself like, hey, yeah, even though most of your family's dead, you got this great <laughs> husband <laughs> and amazing animals. Oh. Oh, boo. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's cool. <laughs> I'm all right. Guys, listen, I know it's dark, but we have to go dark sometimes to get through the light. Mm -hmm. The storm will pass. That's what Candy Burris says on The Real Housewives of Atlanta, Hmm. 2014. And I believe her. Yeah. I believe her. Do you want to talk about the other thing that happened this week? Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to. No, we can. I'll I'll, I'll brush by it. Uh Uh-huh. You don't have to mention names. I'm not going to mention names. Uh I, you know, um, a good friend of mine asked me not to be their friend anymore. (laughs) Wow. Uh, That's a tough pill to swallow as a codependent person who considers her close circle of friends, her family. Uh And then since she lost a lot of, long story short, sure. Did it make me feel great? No. Doesn't feel great Uh to get the I don't want to be friends with you text. Uh In text, it's different, too, because mm-hmm. it's, like, really right there. There yeah. it is. Yeah. I don't want to be friends with you anymore, <laughs> period. What do you mean? <laughs> what are you trying to say? I literally did ask, like, <laughs> how long have you felt this way? And the answer was just now. Oh, just now. So maybe, you know, that's good. Impulse. That's There's some hope. Yeah. Um, That's the, hard for me. The weird thing about, and I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to shit talk, but... uh Based off of what, you know, that's the thing. Not a, no one big thing happened. It was just kind of like, meh. Well, right? Am I right? Here's the thing with friend breakups. Mm-hmm. You don't know how long this person was thinking this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have been a heavy-duty friend mm-hmm. for a while. I mean, I've been dead mom girl. Then we moved to sick dad. Mm-hmm. You know, then what am I doing? I'm just living my truth, mm-hmm. trying to get through. Then dad dies on Christmas. I mean, I'm not in a fun hang right now, mm-hmm. and I get that. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to get there on the other side. I think you're a fun hang. Thanks, boo. Yeah. I appreciate you. I so mean, I'm thinking... It's not your fault you've gone through these tragedies. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's, you know, for the first time in a while, I know this one isn't about me. 
I do. I do know. I think there's this a bunch of stuff. stuff. They're going through their own storm. Uh-huh. And you know what? I'm not going to compare suffering because that's not my jam. Because I'm correct in saying that n- not a single like thing happened. You know, you didn't. You know what I mean? Like nobody. You didn't cheat on someone's. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I caught you with my ex, or you stole my credit card, or, you know, no, not there a was, single thing happened. It was more yeah. of an emotional Well, it thing. was, it's how I went about asking a friend if they're doing all right, mm-hmm. and this friend didn't want to get into it, uh-huh. but then I felt like they were kind of unleashing on me, uh-huh. and that was... I knew my lower self was coming out because uh-huh. I was starting to get all egoy and I was starting to be like, how dare you talk to me this way and blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. But that was all in my head. So I was kind on the phone trying to be, and I was like, look, nothing's going to get solved right now. Let's go ahead and take a minute. Uh-huh. But then the text kept coming and coming and coming and coming and coming and coming. And then I just, I wasn't very diplomatic with my text of like, look, like this is the kind of friend I am. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call you out. And if you don't receive it, fine. But, you know, basically like don't tread on me, man. Uh-huh. And that's when we got the text yeah. back. But listen, Dr. Julie says that's boundaries. And a lot of people don't know what to do with mm-hmm. boundaries if you actually make them. Yeah. You know, she said, Probably to try to make me feel better. <laughs> but this isn't my first friend breakup. I've been broken up before. Have you ever had a friend break up with you? I've broken up with a couple of friends. You have? Yeah. Yeah. What did you say? Or you just ghost? Uh, no, 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 I don't ghost. Um, no, one thing was, and, and you probably know both these stories. I won't elaborate. But one, uh, a guy just double-crossed me, stabbed me in the back, and I was like, all right. And this is the way I put it. It's like, hey, man, I'm not going to hold a grudge, but don't expect a lot out of me in the way of friendship moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a liability. Like, wow. I, can't, I, I, can't, I can't trust you, so we're probably not going to be hanging. And then and they, then how did they respond? Just, well, okay. Just, mm. like, didn't didn't apologize, didn't tried to, tried to blame it, tried to pass the buck. But I was like, no, nah, I know. I know that you're partially to blame for this, and... You know, not going to hold a grudge, but at the same time, like I, I'm, a, I've always been a big proponent of keeping my circle small. Mm-hmm. And it's like you, you, you're out of the trust tree. Like you've, you've oh, proved. Oh, I love that trust pr- tree. Well, I didn't make that up. That's from that movie. Oh, it uh, is. The the parents meet the parents. Oh, anyway. Um, but yeah, circle it was like, of trust. Yeah, it's like I'm not, I'm not mad, but like you're, you're a liability. I can't, uh, you can't be in the circle anymore. And, and this wasn't like a little misunderstanding or slip ups like no you intentionally you know stabbed, to... stabbed me in the back and, wow. and you got caught and you know not i mean i'm what's the word i'm looking for i'm disappointed i'm not mad i'm not angry i don't, I don't want to go fight you but like we're uh for all intents and purposes uh we done yeah so uh, you know you just move forward and then you know, there's been a few others here and there now i have i haven't been broken up with friend i have been ghosted i oh. i've had people it's like shit like just like i've had one guy just fall off the face of the earth wow it's like and i texted a few times like what's up and just ghost nothing i was like all right well you don't have to tell me more than once got it did so, they ever text back no, or never to this day no 20 years later i haven't heard no. back yeah what yeah okay really, really bizarre that's interesting but you never took it personal 
Or did you? I mean, of course you take it personal, but I'm also, I'm not going to dwell on shit. I'm also, I I know this is corny, but I believe things are meant to be. Like, all right, this is the universe saying Mm -hmm. that you and I shouldn't be be friends. When you don't know what the other person's going through, too. Mm -hmm. Like, there has been so many times, and I've struggled just, you know, with the depression and hiding. And, you know, I've just bailed on people. And it had nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. I've ghosted people. And years later, I have, like, made an amends mm-hmm. in a way. Like, hey, that was really shitty. I'm really sorry. And a couple of them were received. And a couple of them, you know, didn't get back to me. And I understood that. Like, all right, well, that was a shitty time for me. You know, yeah. hopefully in the future, if this is meant to be, we'll we'll be okay. But, yeah, I, I definitely have done that. And I guess that's why I'm uber self-conscious mm-hmm. when – when I'm trying to, like, be upfront with a friend, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I know that I, I also am in just such a physical, like, I just feel like, oh, like I'm barely going through. <laughs> I feel like I'm trudging. And I'm not super, super depressed. I know I sound it, but it, it's just my body's, like, it, it's in a different space. And I'm wondering, is that a thing with grief? Like you physically become like ill or. I thought we I, talked about that, right? What I do they call that? So. Psychosomatic? Like your body can react to, like you have physical reactions yeah, to an emotional thing. To, yes. I mean, yeah, it, you're right. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I think that's been proven. Well, and in a way, this is a gift right now because it's just like I have to take care of me. Uh-huh. So I'm like, uh, no, I can't do. Like well, I have to keep my plate very simple. Yeah. I can't have m- much more. So this, unfortunately, I couldn't be the emotional support I usually am to mm-hmm. this friend. And I and I did care, but the loop that was happening was not about me. Yeah. And so it was just I, I couldn't. I just didn't even have the bandwidth Mm -hmm. to, I wasn't healthy enough to have this conversation, you know? And it's hard for me to be like, hey, not doing good. Yeah, it's bad timing for you to have to deal with something like this as well. Yeah. And again, I'm not going to compare suffering. I'm not going to, you know, but, you know, it's it's a good, I don't know. I know that we're moving onward and upward, and I hope that I can have people in my life that are celebrating me and not, you know, being angry mm-hmm. about certain things. Like it, it just, you know, I, I, I you know, <laughs> I'm making, I'm so clear today. Well, no. And the other thing I failed to mention too, in terms of like being, you know, breaking up with friends or whatever, like we've all got this gauge, this internal gauge in terms of like the people in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are people that I'm acquaintances with. Mm-hmm. There are people that are, you know, whatever little notch above that is. Mm-hmm. And then there are people that, you know, that are my ride or dies. You know, my ride or dies is a real short list. I got like four or five people on that list, and you're you're at the top of it. Woo! But like winner when someone's not on that list, maybe they're you know on the medium list or whatever. It's just like. Okay, are you? I know this sounds so selfish or whatever, but it's like, okay, are are you worth fighting for? Hmm. You know, or are you just a guy I kind of knew and would have a beer with every now and then? And it's like, okay, what your crime exceeds my level of giving a shit. Like, no, that was too serious of a crime for me to. What am I trying to say? 
Someone on the acquaintance list who does something shitty, like, I'm not going to work real hard to try to salvage mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. We weren't that tight to begin with, plus your crime was pretty shitty. All right, let's. right, you're off the list. I'll see you when I see you. As opposed to someone who means a lot to me and who may be, you know, a minor infraction. Okay, well, you're worth fighting for. Let's figure this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the crime wasn't so bad that I can't, we can't recover from this. But, like, when I, if, if you're on the long list of people I kind of like and you do something shitty, just it's probably not going to work out. I got enough friends yeah. who, who aren't going to do some shitty stuff like that to me. Well, we all, all friendships are ebb and they all ebb and flow, right? Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we're all on this weird journey and I can be incredibly selfish. I, you know, totally all the time, but it, it, good friendships, you want to, you want to be a part of their journey and you want to be a support and you want to, when they're having some shit go on, you know, really be kind with your words. Well, should I say this right now? Probably mm-hmm. not. I shouldn't, you know, let's wait. Yeah. But when you start feeling like you have to walk on eggshells all the time around this person, you have to, you know, I, I didn't even notice it. And yeah. I don't know. It's just because maybe I was raised with my dad and stuff, you know, just being like, tough love and whatnot Mm -hmm. but for me to start noticing like wait a minute why am i always like oh hesitant with certain aspects of my life or sharing and and you gotta really have that give and take and then if you can't have that open conversation that's not a friend that's just somebody that talks at you or you talk at Mm -hmm. you know and we've all had those friends where it's like at least i have where it's like They're counseling me. Mm -hmm. And then once I get better, not that I ever get better, but I'm on a trajectory of getting happy or content, it feels like I shifted the dynamic and now I'm no longer Sad Sack Katie. Mm -hmm. And now now it's a different dynamic. And then that person's like, well, F that. Well, and I don't, I'm not smart enough to diagnose this, but... I suspect that maybe some of this has happened. There's also a weird dynamic when you and your friend have this dynamic. You mm-hmm. have this dynamic together and then also individually. Like, oh, this is kind of where you're at in your life right now, and this is kind of where I'm at in my life right now. And we're both compatible in that way. When a dynamic, maybe your individual dynamic changes, mm-hmm. you know, for the better or for the worse, then maybe that throws off the friendship dynamic as well. Does, I'm not making no, that no, clear. no. I'm trying to did. dance around what I don't want to talk about, but like an easier, more you know, relatable example would just be like when two platonic dudes are real tight, and then one of them starts dating a girl, and it's like right, oh. okay. And it's not that like he was secretly gay or anything. I just mean like, oh, now you have you're spending your time with this other person. Yeah. Even though it's a different dynamic, she's your girlfriend. I'm just your bro. I still, I'm not seeing you as much, and now the dynamic shifted, and I don't know if I like this. Especially, yeah, same with girls, like best friends that are Mm -hmm. girls, and then someone starts getting into a relationship. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because that person becomes that spot in your life. And no matter what, even if you're the most diplomatic and, and have all your shit together and know how to balance relationships, that person 
is your person. You live with this person. They're part of your daily routine. They're, they really are your family. Mm-hmm. So even roommates and stuff, which is so bizarre, I mean, two strangers sometimes mm-hmm. coming to live together, well, that's your unit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's your person. Yeah. And that's why there's such strife and stuff. And and we're roommates as well, and we go through crap. I mean, I'm I'm the messiest human ever. But I think that dynamic is just so... Um, powerful that yeah of course you're gonna feel left out and of course i've i've been in that position before where i'm like oh that fucking sucks it happens i've seen it (coughs) excuse me i've seen it happen a lot in comedy where Um, like you know hey we're both buddies and we're both open micers and we both share this struggle uh of you know not having success in our field and maybe you know just just having that bond and then one of them does get successful and then there's so many layers to that of like no longer now we no longer have that common bond right you know uh, you're not unsuccessful and broke you've now become successful whatever and so not only is that dynamic broken but then you also might be able to layer on now there's jealousy or maybe there's resentment or you know things like that and just anytime there's a shift in an in even one of the yeah. participants situation it can throw off the whole dynamic you know it's so interesting and do you think that maybe that is what's going on here a little bit? I think maybe, okay. and I would like to read. I am. I bought a new book, guys. Yep, I'm reading. I'm reading. But um, I'm trying to learn about how to obviously communicate my feelings better. Mm-hmm. And this is by Brene Brown. She's a great person. But she says, envy occurs when we want something that another person has. Jealousy is when we fear losing a relationship or a valued part of a relationship that we already have. So envy is different than jealousy. jealousy. Yes. So I I really like that because when we use words that are real powerful like Mm -hmm. this, it is good to decipher, okay, what is the difference? Because I always just thought envy and jealousy were the same. Mm -hmm. And I thought, being jealous of someone it's almost like a compliment now like oh i'm so jelly of that person Mm -hmm. and and really you're saying like oh i want what they have or wait yeah nope that's envy so jealousy is when we lose a relationship or the expectations of a relationship shift i think and when that happens it just kind of naturally happens Mm -hmm. so of course you're gonna have a reaction to it like wait can we have a talk what's going on (laughs) I remember I, I I had an argument with uh, just some ding dong years ago. Uh, it was just this guy's comic, and I knew him, but I didn't particularly like him. And he wasn't good, and he and that's fine. But he also was lazy. You know, he's one of those guys you just see once every couple months or whatever. Anyway, we're at the bar after a show one time, and I had just gotten something. I just, like TV related. I just got Last Comic Standing, or maybe I was doing that documentary or something. And he comes up, and he's and this is. Keep in mind, this is why yeah. I was living in a van. And he's like, hey, I'm just so jealous of you, man. You're getting a lot of cool things right now. And I don't know why that rubbed me the wrong way. And I go, hey, man, yeah. you saying you're jealous of me. A, that that kind of implies that I didn't deserve what I got. Mm-hmm. And it also implies that you worked, were you working as hard as I was? Not to pat myself on the back, but in, back in that day, I was really grinding. And I'm like, now, if you had made the sacrifices I made, Mm-hmm. Had worked as hard as I had worked, had done all the shows I'd done, had done all, and then and then I'm here and you're there. Then maybe I'll listen to you about. Oh, I'm jealous, but like, hey, asshole, mm-hmm. you haven't done anything to further your situation, but you're jealous of me. Like no one, fu- like I earned this. Yeah. 
I don't, and I'm not articulating it properly. No, but, I do. But just I his tone saying. was like it was just given to me. And I'm like, A, it wasn't given right. to me. And B, you ain't done shit for anyone to give you shit. Like, right. you're not, you're lazy, you're not working hard, but you're jealous of people who are working hard and getting and reaping the benefits of their hard work. Well, like, and, piss off. And I think it's important, and I've never had somebody ever be jealous of me. So that's hilarious. But like, so I can't resonate on you with that, but I do understand this person was probably coming up to you and being like, this is a compliment. Yeah. I'm jealous of you. Yeah. Like, how great. But instead, I think a more, you know, a happier way yeah, of saying that. How about you're that, happy for me? I'm so excited for you. Hey, what what steps do you think I should be taking? Mm-hmm. Because I really want to be where you are whenever. Yeah. Or, you know, that's such a nicer way. And that actually goes, that shifts into learning. Mm-hmm. Okay, how can I take, you know, successful people where where they are? Let's They'll leave clues. Successful mm-hmm. people leave clues. And you could take notes or you can ask them or or whatever, instead of just kind of doing this weird word bomb on somebody mm-hmm. like, well, I'm jealous of you. And it's like, cool. Yeah, not, it my, just, not my problem. It just blocks the mm-hmm. conversation. Like, well, where do we go now? Mm-hmm. How are you? <laughs> and I get that it's human nature to be envious and jealous to a certain degree, but I, I feel like a, a true friend is happy before they're jealous. For their, you know, something happens to one of my true friends, and maybe that's the thing too. You know, if Johnny dipshit over here gets SNL, <laughs> right? You know, and I'm like, all right, I'm jealous <laughs> of that prick. But if my if my a guy, my buddy, yeah, who A is a good person and we're good friends, and B worked hard and deserves it, then it's yeah. like good for him. Yes, good, good for. I had another friend one time that was was, and he was a comic. He was so jealous of everybody. That our mutual friends that got anything. He was so, oh, so and so got Conan. So and so got a half of me. Mm-hmm. And I reminded him, I'm like, hey, asshole, just be happy that we're in a field where people can get cool stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, we, we could all be flautist or something. Like, we could all be <laughs> gymnast or professional dancers where, like, maybe there's not a lot of goals to reach. Right. You know, but like, be glad we're in a field. You're doing shows with people who got Conan last week. Maybe you'll get Conan next week. Well, I also think it takes... Maybe not, but I'm just saying, at the very least, if you're not going to be genuinely happy for your friend's success, at the very least, appreciate that you yourself are in a world, in a field, that maybe those things could happen to you. Exactly. Instead of just being jealous of everybody. Well, just take your... I guess asking the question, wait, why am I jealous of this person? And and putting it back on you mm-hmm. is is a pause that I think we should take. And it's important because, you know, there's that like phrase, compare and despair. If you're and and Instagram and TikTok and everything, you can easily compare your life to yeah, to somebody, you know. But it's it's good to be like, wait, is this why not look look at that as encouragement, like, okay, this is something that I'm envious of or jealous of. So why don't I look at myself and be like, okay, let's make that happen for me. And okay, maybe I should shift career course, or maybe I'm not really meant for this, or maybe I'm best suited for this. But that takes looking at yourself instead of, okay, let me just put it on this other person and continue into my pattern. You know what I mean? So I don't, it's just so complicated but I I do understand, and I'm trying to be better, but also 
sometimes you got to take a breather from friendships and yeah. hopefully hopefully it comes back around you know mm-hmm. but letting go is hard for me and that's what i've been trying to learn mm-hmm. lately like you got to just let go i'm not in control of everything i'm not god i don't know what to do mm-hmm. but i'm just going to keep going you know so that's the name of that too. <laughs> what is happening? Well, I, I'm, I'm sure y'all will work it out. I hope so. Uh, but if you guys have had friendship breakups, I would love to hear to yeah. make me feel better. And hey, friendship breakup to make up. Is, is that a thing? Has, has that happened? Has full circle happened before? Because uh-huh. that'll give me some hope. And that's that. I'm trying to think if that's ever happened to me. I feel like maybe it has, but like. Have you taken a break and then come back? I don't know if it's, like, been an intentional break. I I think there's been times in my life where, like, oh, I used to be good friends with this person, and then maybe circumstances out of our control, maybe, you know, somebody moved or something, and then, you know, or, or like, that's happened before, like, I know, like, in jobs, where you have, like, a job friend, Uh and you you all got pretty tight at work, and then they get fired or move, and then, like, a year later... Like, oh, you're friends with my friend. Then you realize you have a mutual friend, and that's happened to me before. Like, oh, you're back in my life. And that's weird because I don't know where I was going with that. No, I, yeah. I see that. Yeah. That no, I, I do. Yeah, give us a call. Let us know about friendship breakups. 562-548-2012. In that order. Uh, we got a handful of calls last week. We were asking about terrible neighbor stories. Uh, solid calls, uh, not airing any of them because they were all five minutes long. <laughs> but hilarious we, and wonderful. We appreciate uh, the enthusiasm. We appreciate you participating. Uh, try, try to keep them under two minutes. Let's, let's shoot for that. And I know that I could probably edit these down, but like I tried to edit this one down, and like every every minute was relevant. Like it was just a long ass story. Uh, but yeah, a shout out to Jackie. Her neighbor purposely bumped her car, um, like hit her car, guys. Yeah, Jackie would park on the street, like street <laughs> yeah. parking, and then her neighbor would. And I've wanted to do this, but I've never done it. But like, man, would just bump take her. her car bumper and then just shove her. Out of the out of the way, oh my shove her God. out of a spot or something. Ugh. I've wanted to do that when people park poorly. Uh, Jackie, you did mention that she parked bad. She just, I think, her neighbor's just a psycho. Um, also, dude, we want to give uh, Jackie's the birthday, birthday. shout out. Happy birthday, Jackie! Happy birthday, Roar. Jackie! Uh, Miles called. He had a terrible landlord. Kept uh, ten years ago when he moved in his department. His apartment. He paid a pet, all the pet deposits and whatnot. And then a few years later. Uh, they got it like new landlords, and they wanted to recharge everybody. Uh, pet deposit. That's that's shady. That is shady. Yeah. And it was for a kitten. Yeah, for a like, kitten. Like, the kittens should be, come on. Yeah. Kittens are just tiny little mice, basically. They're yeah. just hilarious and weird. Shut and, up, landlords. Yeah. Shut up. And then uh, a caller who didn't leave their name, this was a very interesting story. Uh, she lived in an apartment complex where... Um, she lived in a little alcove where, like, multiple doors were all next to each other, just sure. the way they were designed. She had a noisy neighbor that was always yelling and fighting with guests and stuff like that. And uh, apparently, uh, at one point, she, the neighbor, the bad neighbor who lived right across the hall, was such a maniac that she lit her own apartment on fire. Oh, my God. And jumped off her own second-story balcony to escape said fire and left her own dog tied to said balcony. Oh. And uh, fortunately, uh, the fire department got there in time and put out the fire and saved the dog. But oh uh, that's a God. pretty shitty neighbor. That is a I'm going to purposely set my apartment on fire and then bail 
uh, knowing that this dog <laughs> might die and my neighbor. It's not a freestanding <laughs> hut. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> you setting your apartment on fire is basically you setting your neighbor's apartment on fire as well. That feels like a drunk thing or like a, I don't know, maybe just cray. Yeah. Maybe just cray cray. That's pretty shitty. Um, um, oh, and there's one one call, Mister mm-hmm. Mysterious. Wow. Mysterious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, asking for advice about a relationship, and I just want to quickly go over this. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, first of all, this amazing human is going full-time school, uh, full-time work, and her partner uh, does not have a full-time job and apparently is letting this person know, hey, you aren't, um, I'm not being fulfilled. You're not supporting me. You're not supporting did, me. Did dumb boyfriend mean you're not supporting me emotionally or financially? Uh, I think, well, obviously not uh, financially. But he's just unmotivated yeah. and isn't, and and I feel like is deflecting when you say something like, well, you're not supporting me. Well, listen, bitch, you're not supporting me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm working, I'm I'm being a student. And, and this caller was just so sweet because... You know, she she just sounded like, okay, how do I how do I fix this? How do I fix this problem? And and this is not a problem that you're going to fix because this person is lost. This person um, I don't feel like is ready for a partnership. This person wants to be taken care of. And this person should probably go and move back with their family or mom Mm -hmm. because that's the person they should take care of. You're not this person's mom. Or better yet, go live alone. Take care of yourself. Exactly. Like know that. Yes, okay, if you're not feeling supported, well, that's a conversation, but let's go back to the original conversation, which is you need, I need a partner who's as motivated as me. Yeah. You want somebody that's in the in the ring with you and, yeah. like, making you better. You don't want somebody that's just holding you back. Yeah. And it hurts. It hurts to realize when you outgrow somebody. It hurts, but those are the conversations you have. And also, hey, dude... Uh, if you're going to not have a job and this person's working their friggin' ass off, hey, clean yeah, or hire a cleaning lady or do all the meals or do something to show your partner like, hey, I appreciate you. Don't deflect and make her feel like shit. Yeah. So I, you know, I vote for breakup, but I'm also in a gray area of grief and or just take a break because this sounds like a lame ass dude. Well, it's tough being in a relationship with someone who sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, but like, I'm not saying that we'll use us as a hypothetical. If I'm Mr. Gung Ho and I got all these career aspirations, you don't necessarily have to have similar aspirations. But if you're just naturally less motivated that's fine but you can't you can't be lazy unmotivated and also complain about your situation all the time well this what if bothers you're, if me you're fine with yeah. whatever with your lack of accomplishments or drive that's fine if that's just who you are but you can't have no motivation and complain about your situation all well, the time and putting it on the other person yeah, like that's the their, thing like girls are so we're we're like trained to be like, okay, it's me. And then we get into a thing of despair and how can I fix myself and I want to be better. And and guys seem to be like, uh, it is you. You're right. <laughs> but when it's them, like you need a dude that looks in the mirror and says, what the fuck? This girl's a prize. You are. You're the prize, girl. 
this guy's, no, he, he's not being uh, fulfilled. Go fuck yourself. I'm sorry. I'm over it. You deserve a nice, clean apartment. Paint the walls pink and live your truth, sister. Okay, that's my little rant. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah! Do you remember, I told you about, uh, I, had a, I had a situation one time. Back when I was 20, 21, I had a, a girlfriend, and we lived together, and... Uh, you were 2021. It wasn't year 2021, guys. Yes. Yeah. Let's go ahead. And I make was that 21. Clear. She was 19. Uh, and she had some mental health issues, which were probably you know, legitimate. Somebody has a type. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she, they, we were together a year and a half, and not once in a year and a half did she earn a single dollar to help or contribute to the household. Whoa. Would not work, would not get a job. And I'm not going to say blame it because that sounds negative, but the reason she would never get a job is she said that she just wasn't emotionally capable of doing it, although she was plenty emotionally capable of going out to the mall and hanging out with friends and picking fights with me. She she was fine with that, but <laughs> literally for a year and a half, never had a job, wouldn't get a job. So uh, I met her in one. I met her in Cumming, Georgia. I got a good job in radio in Athens, Georgia, and I moved and I brought her with me. And when we first moved to Athens, I got a, a pretty nice spot, like a nice apartment, because I was making decent money. But it was also with, like, you're going to, you don't have to, we don't have to split this 50-50, but you're going to help a little bit, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And for, like, a year. Like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm covering this, but just barely, I was kind of hoping you'd help. A little, and like you said, if you're not going to get a job, and this isn't a man no, and wife it's thing, not. It's, 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 nope. then the woman has to stay home and clean. But if you're not going to get a job, could you maybe help out around the house and right. you know pick up after yourself? I can't do that either. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, my point is, when we moved to Athens, we got a real nice spot, and after a year of her contributing absolutely zero, I moved us to the shittiest apartment in town. Like good for you. Cut the rent in half. Yeah, shit. Like not a nice, not a safe place. Like it was pretty shitty, and uh, she did not like that at all. Uh oh. And uh, it was big old bowl of tough shit. So what happened? Uh, eventually, about two months later, we broke up for good. Whoa, because you moved. Yeah. Haven't seen her since. Wow. Oh. Holy crap balls. Yeah. Well, that's another idea. Why don't you move? Yeah. <laughs> move into the yeah. worst apartment yeah. ever. Yeah. Don't make it nice. Anyway, all right. Boo. Showed her. You did. <laughs> uh, we have the opposite of word of mouth this week. Uh, we don't have time to get into this. Uh, I'll save it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it another Because there's time. a lot to unpack. Ooh, there's a pro. Maybe the worst television show we've ever watched. Yeah. Might be the worst. It's worse. It's, it's worse. But we don't want to be negative, but like, it's yeah, one it's I wanted to bad. like. Me too. Because I love Me the too. I love the lead in it. Or what should yeah. be the lead. That's part of my problem. She's not really the lead. I know. They're focusing on this other story. Anyway, we'll talk about that next week. Uh if you're in Long Beach, uh tomorrow, uh Thursday, I'm playing at the uh, Long what is it? Uh Longhorn. Bamboo Club. Bamboo Club. I'm at the Bamboo Club. Okay. Not sure if there are any tickets available. They had the site listed, or the uh, show listed on their website, bambooclublb.com. Uh, but now it's not on there, so that tells me that maybe Ooh, it's sold, sold out. out. So, I don't know. There might be tickets. So forget it, guys. Uh, I think it's uh, <laughs> 7 o'clock tomorrow, uh, Thursday, the Bamboo Club in Long Beach, California. So if you're there, uh, if you're around, come come say hello. i uh, got shows uh, April. We're looking at uh, Indianapolis, 
Milwaukee, Chicago, got those confirmed so far. Might have some other Midwest dates coming up, but uh, those three shows are on sale now at dumbdavestone.com. Boo, where can we find you on the Instagram? KT Low Strandberg. I haven't changed it yet. Uh, yeah. You don't have to change it. It's up to you. I don't, I don't know. It's People know you as, as, as Strandberg. Um, yeah, and guys, <laughs> I also have to take Charlie to get his anal glands That's right. Express, yeah, we got to wrap so it up because we got to go get Charlie violated here. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Tell a friend. We'll talk to you soon. We love you. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Stonebergs podcast. If you enjoyed it, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a few seconds to rate and review it on iTunes. And if you don't listen to it on iTunes but still want to help out, simply tell a friend, as word of mouth is so important. Follow us on Instagram, at The Stonebergs Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at The Stonebergs. And lastly, give us a call 24-7 and leave a voicemail at 562-548-2012. That's 562-548-2012. Thanks for listening.